Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This week's episode is with Laura Davis, who is a friend of the podcast and a good friend of mine. We had a chat downstairs at the Phoenix Pub at Oxford Circus in London about food and travel and bodies and couches. If you are easily triggered by discussions of food and bodies, uh, this might not be the episode for you. But I really enjoyed having the conversation with Laura. I think you will enjoy listening to it. We are both in London. You can find our gigs online. Mine are up at my Patreon, patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. My website, alicefraser.com or on my Twitter at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. I'm doing The Bugle on the 5th of May and a bunch of um, solo previews. Uh, ethos and the trilogy on the 1st of July as well if you want to come along to three one-hour shows in one three-hour show I don't know if you would be interested in that but if you are interested that will be happening and I would very much enjoy having an audience for that that's all I had to say Uh, thank you so much for your support thank you for listening if you enjoy the podcast please tell friends who you would also think would enjoy the podcast and I will put up a second episode later this week because this one was slightly delayed and I have one in the bank now. So look forward to that if that's something you want to look forward to. Thank you, everybody who has been giving me lovely emails. AliceRFraser at gmail.com is the place to do that. I really like getting emails from you. They're always so thoughtful and so kind, and I feel very lucky not to have the kind of uh, generalized hatred that can happen when you are a woman with a voice on the Internet or just a person on the Internet, really. So that's that from me. I will stop rambling and let you listen to the podcast. I am going to go wander in the sunshine in London. See you next week. You're having tea with Alice. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. My guest today is Laura Davis. Hello. Hello. What have you been drinking? What have I been drinking? Yes. Uh, Straight off the bat, that sounds like I've showed up to this podcast intoxicated (laughs) and you need to know exactly what it is. How many have you had Uh, before I let you into this nightclub that is tea with Alice? (laughs) I haven't been drinking a lot because there's no public water fountains in London. And I've grown to expect and rely on them. So yes. I feel like I've been dehydrated for a month now. That's stressful. But but why? It's such a... Is it just because it rains so much that people... People just turn their faces up to the rain and <laughs> yeah, they just gargle, out at, beer. gargle at the clouds. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know why they don't have as many public water fountains in yeah. the UK as they do in Australia. Maybe because they don't expect to be hot, like the infrastructure yes. isn't there. Or they don't expect to, to perish. Of lack of water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, in Australia, it's sort of simultaneously uh, a service for, for people who are thirsty, but also it's a show of kind of wealth because mm. water is... Uh, precious or commodity is it just or something? Just because we have new plumbing and they have old plumbing, but surely you can put a drink fountain into old plumbing. Yes. Is it because people don't drink the tap water here? They think it's yucky? I mean, it is. It is yucky. It is pretty yucky. Admittedly. All right, we've cracked it. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been wrestling with of late? Oh, wrestling with guilt uh, because I moved here. And I left all of my family and friends on the other side of the world for what feels like very selfish career reasons. <laughs> yes, which is interesting. That is not a thing that um, most people think of as selfish. 
Yes, I Korea reasons. I feel like when my mum is like, "Oh, I just miss you so much," and I say, "Yeah, well, I want to make money." <laughs> oh, that's a good noise. This is the noise of a table being dragged. Yes, uh, we're in. We're downstairs at the Phoenix Pub, uh, preparing for Old Rope, which I will be emceeing and Laura will be on. I'll be participating. And Ron, who is Tiff Stevenson's dad, is uh, rearranging the furniture in the background. That's the soundscape you're hearing right yes. now. <laughs> So what do you do about the guilt then? I see. See, I, all I've been able to do so far is think about it, um, and I guess it, it's probably not the healthiest uh, emotional connection to make. But I always feel better if I can uh, sort of call home and tell them something good that is happening. So, mm. oh, I'm so sorry I had to leave you on the other side of the world, but. I had a meeting with these people and it went well or something. But then I worry that if work is not going well, that I'm just going to feel like a terrible person. I mean, that's something that I struggled with a lot yeah. in my life of, particularly when I went overseas to come to university here mm. and leaving mum who was sick. I've, I've always felt like I had to prove a lot to make it worth yeah. leaving. I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing or if it's both bad and good. Yeah, it's a really interesting motivator. To not because it's not a oh I'll show you yeah. or oh, let's see what I can achieve. That would be fun to know. It's, yeah. it's a oh god I'm so sorry I'll make it up to you. <laughs> I will fund your retirement somehow <laughs> <laughs> through yeah. the power of comedy. <laughs> yeah, show, showing them things. Oh, let me let me prove to you that it's worth mm. it in some way. Mm. It's a it's a it's an odd space to be in in your head certainly. Yes. I want you to be proud of me. But it's not quite I want you to be proud of me. It's I want to prove something. Yes. Yes. I I can't quite put my finger on it yet. Uh, well, you have a great joke about guilt in Ghost Machine. Oh, that, yeah, guilt doesn't exist. <laughs> all, all guilt is is... Um, People think it's one negative emotion, but it's actually two positive thoughts very close together. Positive thought one is that you are better. You're a better person than the thing you're currently <laughs> doing. And positive thought two is that that even matters. <laughs> but I, but I, I think that it's sort That's of a different kind of guilt. Yeah, it's the, oh, I ate too many biscuits guilt, or I shouldn't be listening to this terrible band guilt. I don't know what to do with sort of... It's almost a different emotion, this kind of guilt mm. well, it's not even guilt necessarily it's sort of it's a commercial almost version of it like a currency yes it's it's a debt owed yeah. you feel a you feel a debt rather than you feel guilty because yeah. i don't you don't feel guilty because you've made the choice and you're sort of happy with the choice yes yeah, some sort of emotional economics sort of psychological transaction that you make with yourself of oh i did this so i better make up for it <laughs> yes it's like buying an expensive pair of trousers and mm. then having to wear them a certain number of times to justify it to yourself mm. that the purchase was worth it yes <laughs> Yeah, I did find out that an ice cream that I like here does not have nearly as much fat in it as I expected it to have. Every time I ate this ice cream, I was like, "York, this is a suicide ice cream. <laughs> you're going to open it, going to eat the whole tub. This is just, you're shortening your life. And I'm like, yeah, but it's only my old, elderly, shitty life. It's not now. I get to live for now. <laughs> just eat it. And then I checked the 
a food label because I never check them before I eat something. I just check it after to see how much damage I did. I was probably on my second or third tub of this stuff and went, not in one sitting, but you know, over a, a period of weeks, check the label and it's, it's not fat-free, but it's, it's quite low-fat. What is the ice cream? Uh, it's uh, Marks and Spencer honeycomb flavour. It's delicious. Uh, but it's got about 10 grams of fat in the whole tub, which is much less than in like a couple of biscuits. And I'm eating those as well. So if I just mm-hmm. cut out the biscuits. <laughs> but I was feeling. Basically a health food. Yeah, but I was feeling so guilty about it. And theoretically, maybe the, f- the ice cream should taste less good now that I know it's not. <laughs> See, you've always struck me as someone who didn't have sort of food guilt. I don't think that, that I do, because I just went, oh, great. <laughs> yes, okay, so you don't have that level of like, oh, I shouldn't be eating this or I shouldn't no. be eating that? No, I never have had that. Um, and look, it's not great, uh, and I understand that I should be having more legumes, uh, <laughs> all of the things, but I've... Uh, in in the same way, some people are like mm, no, I don't I don't care about fashion or mm, I don't care. I just I sort of I don't care what I eat as long as it's vaguely as long as we're not you know we're not talking like McDonald's every single day. I have done that for short periods of time though, and still. Well, that's like, an unusual thing to have escaped that. They say it's something like 80 or 90% of women have body image and food issues. I feel like I would still have the body image ones, but I don't tie them to the food. Or that's I, really interesting. I sort of... I mean, it's fucking stupid is what yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the ninth piece of cake going, oh, goodness, I want, why am I so swollen today? <laughs> that's useless to me, but I, I've... I've done some sort of dieting years ago quite quite drastic stuff where I just ate mostly cabbage for weeks and you know had some walnuts and tuna and I it sent me mental real quick um what brand of mental did it send you oh like just focused on it all day it was taking it was consuming every every day all I thought about was food and all I uh, was thinking about was how much I was burning I was constantly doing the mental calculations on the calories and it just I don't understand why people think women are bad at maths so no, many women just... spend their whole time doing addition and multiplication and division yeah. and subtraction in their heads and I was doing it was you know it's quite a, a I guess healthy-ish lifestyle where I had a job which was only it was reasonably well paid but it was only like a five-hour shift or something every couple of times a week so it was enough school care so I would start at 12 do the shopping then I'd have a gap between like one and three and I would go to the beach exercise go back to work go back to the beach exercise for two hours so I was doing four hours of fairly intensive cardio a day (laughs) and I got down to I think 67 kilos and that was after a long time of that and I weigh about 75 now. And to me, that amount of effort is not worth that extra, what, 7, 10? Yeah. Less than 10, no, a bit more than 10. Yeah. It's not worth it for you to do No. That, basically. <laughs> no, it was so much. And, yeah, I, I sort of, I did start to feel really bad if I would eat something and start to beat myself up over it. And then I sort of, I... I went the opposite of cold turkey where I I just went, all right, no more. 
Never I, thinking about this again. Yeah, because I, I caught myself eating a Tim Tam and going, oh, no, you piece of shit. <laughs> hey, all right. <laughs> That's not sustainable. Well, I mean, this is the weird thing. For many people, it, it, do, it does seem to be sustainable, but mm. it seems like such a to go back to the economics of these things, that's such a bad expenditure. Yeah. Mm. I mean, on the other hand, I think it's, it is good to be, you know, healthy and, and look after your body. But mm. there's part of your health is also your mental health. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I'm sure nutritionists could help with this. I sort of feel like within the boundaries of moderation, uh, like it, it just... Um, I'm pretty certain, I know that a chicken burger is not good for me, mm -hmm. but I also am aware that it probably won't do that much harm as long as I don't eat. <laughs> like, people go through wars and it feels like such a first world heinous <laughs> to go, no, I won't eat it if it's not macrobiotic and go, jeez, it's like you can't. There are, you know, not that there are people starving argument, there are people starving and it's sort of to me it's always been like a weird self-pleasuring sort of thing or like a and it and is a form of self-indulgence yeah and even the the restraint of it is still a form of indulgence if you sort of have the luxury to be hungry deliberately that seems just I just can't do it and yeah little things with with mental health and stuff where when I have not been good when I have been very depressed I can't eat anything that's not raw fruit and raw vegetables because I can't cope with the existential nightmare that is on my plate but it's not it's not me going oh no oh the cow it's me going oh the cow was made of cells and atoms and so am I and it's all just and I just can't that's interesting I have sort of the yeah. opposite um link up in my head of times in my life when mm. I've been happiest is when I'm healthy mm. um, but th th that I that is a, a, a linkage that I can't force mm. so I can't go well I'm going to be healthy and it'll make me happy <laughs> I've tried that and it doesn't work that way it's um, I'm going to be healthy because I'm happy and it's it's a nice thing to do for myself yes but yeah, that's a it's a fascinating thing, that being in a body. Yeah, and, you know, getting to the age now where it's there's no more uphill. It's it's all sort of downhill now. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's fun. I, I I'm sort of at the age where I feel like I'm hyper aware that I cannot complain about anything. I know that it was way better ten years ago, but I know that I cannot complain now because it will be way worse in 10 years yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to look back and hear myself complaining about my sore knees when I was 30. Because they'll 40 be so much worse. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just go, all right, th this is fine. <laughs> it does the job. Yeah, yeah. sort of a, a retrospective appreciation of the body that you had in your 20s being applied to what you now have in your 30s, knowing that from this point on it gets more difficult to stay alive in one of these things. Yes, after, after a point when you have an injury, it's not a matter of recovering from the injury, it's a matter of managing the injury. Yes. That you can no longer just rely on your body to fix itself. 
Yes. You either have to get help to fix it or you're just like, oh, this is what my <laughs> hip is like forever now. Yeah, I have a bad hip at the moment and I'm starting to look at that and go, all right, if we can fix it. But I, I feel so ashamed every time I go for a, like a deep tissue massage or something, which not super often, but I, I feel like they go sort of, they, they just look with their hands for any part of my body that is not fucked and they never find it (laughs) and I've heard from a few therapists it's not the chicken burgers doing the damage (laughs) and it's like cardio yeah they don't go to your hips in that way no it's just I carry most tension everywhere other than in my head I can as far as I can tell and so they put their hands on me and it's like oh your legs are fucked no they're really bad legs these are the worst legs I've ever looked at oh on your feet on your back's not on your your neck is oh gosh well do you mind if we apply extra minutes to this I want to see if I can help but I also I don't can we bring some students in and yeah exactly you feel like a bit of a zoo animal yeah I've never liked that with with dentists or um, doctors or hairdressers or anything like that, people Mm. who are fixing you in some way. And, I mean, I can't really talk about hairdressers. I very rarely get my hair Mm. cut, but where they will judge you. Yeah, I feel like, look, this is probably not a sexual thrill for me, but uh, (laughs) like an existential kink that I have is I fucking love handing my body over to somebody and vacating it for the space of whatever so for a hairdresser i love just all right sit here we're gonna do this and they just my hair isn't my problem anymore for an hour yeah and neither is my head and they cover my whole body up with a black sheet so i'm just sitting there (laughs) and they're like don't move your arm all right like i loved like going to the dentist even just to to just hand your skull over to somebody it's it's not because it's pleasurable it's because it's fucking awful but also incredible just go oh here have my head it's all yours do what you need like we're gonna pull your teeth out oh well whatever it's a wednesday <laughs> i fucking find it fascinating yeah massage therapists uh, manicurists like just something really strange to just sort of uh give yourself to somebody else yeah just fully abdicate yeah. Uh, responsibility for your own skin. Well, uh, in some, in some ways, that I feel is a bit like what you're doing with comedy. Oh yeah, to a certain extent. Even though you're in control, whether it's successful or not, is on them. It's up yes. to them whether they take what you're offering. And yeah, if they take true. What you're offering, then it's it's theirs. I've got a cow tweet that is going very well at the moment, and I'm cheering it on like a racehorse. <laughs> it's very fun. I came up with it last night while I was laying on a leather couch, which we are also sitting on. I think this is a plastic leather couch, though. <laughs> I, I wouldn't trust it to be real leather. Mm. Oh yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know, know how you would find out. No, uh, you except to, like, by pick biting a bit it. Off. <laughs> You've got to put it in your mouth one way or the other. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I I like it because I I feel quite possessive when I write something and I put it up on Twitter because I know how easily it gets stolen and manipulated and everything. But also sometimes if I feel like that is the best medium for it, I feel like it just belongs to the universe now. Like I don't mind when people sort of steal my Pope joke 
Uh, why did the, the Pope goes to a fancy dress party? What is he? A blessing in disguise. Oh, I like that a lot. People are allowed to have that. <laughs> like, I know I made it and it can go out. And I'm, I'm always so possessive about copyright and everything. But, but this one I put out into the world. Uh, I don't like leather couches. You take a cow, empty it, then make it skin back into something about the same size and shape as the cow was in the first place. Then you even call it a couch. Seems like a lot of travel to go to, just to end up pretty much where you started. <laughs> and I thought of that quite late at night, quite tired, tweeted it out, and so far, 111 people have retweeted it, and 579 people have liked it, and that is a bizarre thing to me. That that, that many people enjoyed your thought. Yeah, enough. and it is that existential thrill of having an idea going, Bleh, there you go, take it. Oh, I like what you did with it. Yeah, Twitter is this interesting thing where it's a game with infinite levels. Every yeah. new tweet is a new level and you play that game and you send it out there and you see if you win or not. But yeah. you don't get any prize other than the satisfaction of yeah. completing that level. Yeah. I did one tweet that went vaguely viral some years ago and it, someone sent it to me and it was being put up in Spanish somewhere. And I thought, <laughs> that's, that's nice. Obviously uh, it had been stolen by that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this one, you can't you just go, all right, that's... <laughs> That's that's everybody's now. I'll probably still use it on stage, but but I but only because you know that you have. I mean, that's the other th- nice thing about Twitter is you have a written record of mm. who said it first. Yeah, that you can sort of step in and reclaim your copyright at any time <laughs> if you if you so choose. Yeah, nobody else is on the on the couch at night thinking about how they're almost on a cow if a, if it wasn't for a process. So you, the UK is the first place outside of Australia you've ever yes. been, really. Yes. And how are you? How are you finding it? Are you, have you got culture shock? There are, are you? beef bones everywhere. <laughs> I, that is not something I've ever noticed. No. But now you mentioned it, I notice it everywhere. There are beef bones everywhere on the ground. I rolled my ankle and a knee the other day. <laughs> There's. I saw some beef bones on the top of a bus shelter like on the top are there eagles here what? I, don't, I don't know i don't think so i have never seen the beef bones was it in a particular suburb or is it spread all throughout crouch end is where i noticed most of the beach beef bones but they have been everywhere wow keep an eye out for that anything else has struck you um oh one of my favorite things is going to the big supermarkets and seeing all of the foods that they tried to bring in in Australia and then Australia said no. <laughs> like them. what? Like smints. Smints. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you want any smints, Australia? We'll give you smints for six months. you want any smints? No. Australia does not want any smints, please. And I mean, what even are <laughs> Yeah, lots of things. Or Weird tiny breath mints. Yeah. You know, satisfaction well, or size well, or heft to them. Tuna steaks in a big can. No one that doesn't exist in Australia, but for no, like, there's all the products which don't exist in Australia, not because uh, they're bad products or anything, or even that Australians didn't like them. It's just a 
the population density doesn't exist. So if if only one percent of the population buys thick cut tuna steaks in a large can in England, that's okay. You can still sell tuna steaks. That's but in Australia, that, in Australia, that's like Nadine and Cheryl. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You have to appeal to a, l- yeah. a broader segment of the population, which is one of the reasons why you, to bring it back, why you came over here, right? Yes. Yes, I'm I'm a 1% to or I would like to say that I appeal to 2% of the population. For me 100 people. Yeah. Two of them are going to be on board. And there's a bigger that is a bigger <laughs> uh, it's a, sm- a small slice of a bigger pie. Um, we should uh, wrap up in a minute. It is um, starting to get quite noisy. It is starting to get a little noisy, but um, yeah, where can people find you online? What can oh, people They can find me at, at Laura Davis Comic on Twitter or if you just go to my website lauradaviscomedy.com there's all the other options of of followship seek there. out the couch tweet and give it some love yeah keep pushing it I don't know what I want out of it just want to see I'm how just, far it can go I'm just world. fascinated with the process of people going, I, can, I agree I can imagine this is what you'll be like as a mother yeah just send it out go into the on. world oh wow yeah, yeah. Now, now I think I understand why my mother feels when I say goodbye. I'm going to London. She feels like I do about that cow tweet. That's <laughs> a reality check. All right. Well, I will see you soon. I always love having you on the podcast. I will have you on again soon. Excellent. I'll see you real soon. Well, tie our ends 
hands up, we surely do. For Elsie Thompson, but not for you. Lally rifles all, lally rifle day. Oh, Elsie Thompson is going away. Is it tomorrow or yet today? We'll tie our hands up and leave our frames and wait for Elsie to return again. Lally rifles all, lally rifles day.